Welcome to the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology. I'm Bill Yates, the Editor-in-Chief of the Journal, and today we will be discussing the article Between Hand Coupling During Response Inhibition. Before we begin, let's meet our guests. Hi, I'm Corey Wadsley. I'm a PhD student in the Movement Neuroscience Lab at the University of Auckland, and I study the neurophysiology of executive control. Hi, I'm Dr. John Cirillo, a research fellow in the Department of Exercise Sciences, and I'm a neuroscientist in the Centre for Brain Research at the University of Auckland as well. And I'm Winston Bybloo, a professor and neurophysiologist at the University of Auckland, where I direct the activities in the Movement Neuroscience Lab. Thank you. Can you explain the concept of the interference effect and how it relates to response inhibition? Sure. Well, to start, this line of research investigates the underlying neurophysiology of our ability to cancel a movement that we've planned in advance. So that is essentially what response inhibition is. The interference effect is a fascinating phenomenon that our group first reported in the journal in 2007 in a study led by James Coxon. We had participants plan a bimanual response, and then unexpectedly, they had to cancel the response on either the left or the right side while responding in time with a target cue with the other side. They simply couldn't do it. Instead, everyone seemed to cancel both responses and then start a new movement on the required side. Yeah, that's right, Winston. So this interference effect is characterized by a delay in the required response by almost 100 milliseconds. And in the context of a simple movement, this is an enormous amount of time. So last year in the journal, we reported that the interference effect is present even when advanced information is given that one side might be cued to stop. In that study, we assessed GABAergic inhibitory networks in primary motor cortex using paired poles transcranial magnetic stimulation, and we showed that GABA-B receptor-mediated inhibition increased when advanced information about stopping was presented. Why did you propose that the interference effect is a result of between-hand coupling? Between-hand coupling reflects our innate tendency to coordinate the two hands as a single unit, even when task demands dictate otherwise. This coupling is why it is difficult to pat your head and rub your tummy at the same time. The interference effect has been attributed to coupling of the anticipated bimanual response. This account proposes that the response delay emerges due to the cancellation of an integrated unitary response and the subsequent selective reinitiation of the responding hand. How did you test this hypothesis? In our bimanual paradigm, the default go response involves lifting the left and right index fingers from switches that will stop left and right indicators as they reach a target on a computer display. To test the impact of coupling, indicators either rose synchronously or asynchronously, which we hypothesized would require coupled or uncoupled responses, respectively. We hypothesized that when one indicator would stop automatically before the target, the interference effect would be less in the asynchronous version of the task, due to the hands being uncoupled. So similar to our previous study, we used paired pulse transcranial magnetic stimulation to assess modulation of GABA-B and GABA-A receptor-mediated inhibition in primary motor cortex. We hypothesized that GABA-B inhibition, which indicates inhibitory tone, would be greater with the synchronous task that encourages between-hand coupling. We also hypothesized that GABA-A inhibition, which shapes action selection, would be greater for the asynchronous task that discourages between-hand coupling. What were your findings? Co-task performance and response accuracy were clearly better with the synchronous compared to the asynchronous task. Paradoxically, though, the interference effect was larger, or worse, with the synchronous task, and almost completely absent with the asynchronous task. This strongly supported our idea that the interference effect is mediated by the neural processes that couple the two hands to act as a single unit according to task demands. At the group level, cabergic inhibition was not influenced by task synchrony or coupling. 
However, when we examined these measures on a trial-by-trial basis, there was a tendency for between handcuffing to be related to the level of GABA-B inhibition and the recruitment of GABA-A inhibition. So it appears that an increase in inhibitory tone and a decrease in synaptic inhibition affected response selectivity. What are the implications and next steps of your work? Our results explain why inhibitory control may be non-selective because responses made by separate effectors are integrated into a unitary response, a kind of gestalt for the motor system. Within the motor cortex, greater inhibitory tone and reduced synaptic inhibition negatively impact the selectivity of temporally uncoupled responses. These findings may be further elucidated in older adults where inhibitory deficits are typically observed. Currently, we're investigating how prefrontal brain areas are implicated in response inhibition and contribute to the global non-selective characteristics of response inhibition. And our hope is that a better understanding of the neurophysiology will produce new insights into neurological conditions characterized by poor impulse control with potentially trainable aspects. I'd like to thank our guests for participating in today's discussion of the article Between Hand Coupling During Response Inhibition, part of the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology. Thank you.